of, um, we're highlighting makers and, and folks uh, from the past and present. Okay, let's see what else we have. Newsletters, how could I forget? AdafreeDaily.com if you want to get a daily, daily digest of content and news and cool projects, check out AdafreeDaily.com. You can subscribe to different categories such as Python on hardware, 3D printing, maker business, biohacking, and more. So check that out. And then we have a once a week newsletter. It's called the New New Newsletter. It's more focused on the products that get added weekly um, uh, to the to the Adafruit store. So check it out if you want a a newsletter in your inbox. We are celebrating 50 STEM boards, 50 plus now. We're probably going to hit 60 um, soon. <laughs> soon. Okay. And then. Uh, I think my things got rearranged here, but it's all good. Uh, we're hanging out in the Discord chat room, so check it out. We're, we're there. Um, we can say shout-outs to everybody who are hanging out with us in the morning. Hello. Hey, Brent. No audio for you, for you on You're YouTube. You're good. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Remember, don't read any of the... <laughs> until I tell you there's something wrong, because okay. then you get sidetracked. Yeah, it's, it's very, very Continue. easy. Cool. Well, well, thanks for you know sending the comments. Um, yeah, so hello, everybody in the chat room. Mr. Certainly's hanging out. We got uh, Roll the S. Brent, Brent is hanging out. Andy Lear, hello, hello. Thank you guys for joining us. Excellent. Yeah, audio is a very common problem, especially when this week's project is an audio-based project. I know it's it's funny. Is it? Does it play? No, it makes MIDI notes. Sorry, <laughs> it doesn't actually make audio. Your thing has to make the audio. All right, so uh, let's jump into the. This week's awesome project. Yeah, one second. I think I did everything, right? Mm-hmm. I think I forgot to mention the CircuitPython meeting happens every Monday at 2 p.m. It's a great chance for all the CircuitPython devs to come together and chat all things CircuitPython and get an insight to community members, what they're working on, what they want to work on, and you're invited to come in and listen in as well. It happens on the Discord uh, server, um, so check it out. It's every Monday at 2 p.m., um, most, mostly on Mondays. If we have U.S. holiday, we'll, we'll, we'll adjust it, but for the most part, Monday at 2 p.m. All right, I think we're ready for projects. This week's project is a fun one. Like Pedro said, it's very musical and very fun. So check out um, the learn guide, uh, learn.adafruit.com. You can see the learn guide just got published a little bit last night in the evening. This is a, this is a fun collab with Liz Clark. Uh, she's a Blit City DIY here. She got her own YouTube channel, check it out, and she'll have a video um, coming out uh, this week. So you can check out the backstory of how she uh, came up with the idea. But yeah, this is an idea that she came up with, and I did the case. So the Learn Guide walks you through all the parts that you need to put this together. Really, really sweet code walkthrough. All the things are commented. We got a really nice assembly as well that shows you um, how to put this thing together. We got, we got laser cuttable files. We also have... Um, the 3D models, so you can uh, mill it on your own milling machine if, you, if you'd like, or laser cut it, as I said, um, or just use the 3D model and 3D print it if you'd like. That's cool, too. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the learn guide. We'll look at it in a second, but I might as well just do a quick demo here. So here it is, all put together and nice. It's using the MIDI Featherwing, and I'll use the button to play it. <laughs> 
Sweet. Uh, so I'm controlling modulation with this pot over here. And then I'm using the button to press uh, to start and stop the, uh, the pattern. So the patterns are adjustable through this one. Yeah, that's the beat division, this one right here. So we can do minor triads. We can do major triads, scale. We do the scale again. And then you can change the key as well. Put it all together, and you can make some really fun stuff. Very fun. So, where's the sound coming from? Well, it's coming sort of. The data is coming out of our MIDI feather wing. It has an in and out. So, the MIDI out is plugged into my microcord, which is over there. Can I show it to you? It's right over there hiding. <laughs> so it's over there because it takes up quite a bit of space, but you have to plug and play. You plug it in and it just works because it's sending out um, MIDI messages over UART. Um, and in the code, if you want to do USB MIDI, you literally just flip one switch and you get USB MIDI. So if you want to control this with uh, your digital audio workstations or your DA, you could totally do so. If you have um, instruments that are just USB MIDI, that's what you want to do. But for your sort of more traditional um, MIDI instrument that has the five DIN pin jacks, which are these guys over here, uh, then you can totally plug and play it with this. Yeah. Really, really great use of the OLED uh, Stemma um, QT board. So this gives you a 128 by 64 uh, OLED display, and what's really fun is it's because it's all done in CircuitPython, uh, and it has awesome libraries like Display.io. You can do uh, a little slithering Blinka, and uh, she's right there. She acts as the metronome. She's going to give you a visual cue, um, which is really cool. So you can see her uh, really slithering fast. Let's see how fast we can get it to go. Let me go to beat division, make it 16 note, and then uh, crank it all the way up to like 220. <laughs> That's really fun. And uh, yeah, this is really, really crisp um, OLED display. Uh, it's OLEDs, monochrome, uh, again, 128 by 64 pixels. So you can fit a good amount of text on there. Yeah, everything is panel mounted there. Um, a couple screws uh, to hold this nice little uh, potentiometer, it's a slider, and these are all just potentiometers, and yeah, it's a really, I've got a battery in there right there, and uh, it's pretty open, so you can uh, change it out. It's running uh, the Feather M4 Express, which is like the main brains, of course the, uh, the, the MIDI Feather Wing as well, and then those two are uh, press fitted onto the Doubler Feather Wing, which gives you plenty of pins for additional components, grounds, voltage pins, all that good stuff. So you can connect NeoPixels and do all sorts of things too. Um, and the code is, is so well written and customizable. You can create your own patterns and create, you can expand on it, um, do it exactly what you want to. You can program a whole song if you wanted to. Um, totally can do it. Um, yeah, and then the case is a really nice example of uh, milling or laser cutting and combining wood and acrylic. And also uh, vinyl decals, which is what this mirrored um, graphics are. It worked really well here for the labeling. I kind of wish I did the labels here because you saw it so like, is this the key? 
But you know, if, if folks want to switch, uh, swap out the uh, what does what, you can either do it in the code or you can do it physically. So uh, that's what I got there. Um, I was using it when I first got it. It was a lot of fun to play with it on Logic Pro because I got all these synths and stuff, and it was a great way to just kind of have this playing while I was uh, kind of doing, uh, picking different patches to hear what they sound like. So it's kind of a great way to do that. And that's kind of why uh, Liz put it together. She wanted to just kind of focus on the sound design and then let this kind of do the melodies for you to automate that. So cool. Do we have any questions? Not yet. Anybody? No? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I could totally hold the battery. We could do something. Um, it's just hanging out right there. But yeah, you could totally do something um, to fit the battery in there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could also be just powered by USB, which is how I had it originally, because uh, we weren't doing the MIDI UART yet. Um, that way, it's just always plugged in. And uh, there you go. So let's hop on over to the Learn Guide and uh, get a look at uh, some of the stuff. So the circuit diagram. Um, this one's really nice. You got all of the ground and voltages feeding into the OLED uh, breakout. So that's a really nice way uh, to get extra pins. And it just worked out this way because the way everything is panel mounted, I wanted to have all of the grounds and, and voltage wires uh, nicely uh, kind of daisy chained or you know, just sharing common ground and, and voltage. Um, yeah. The button here has a built-in LED, so that's why we have a little resistor, because it doesn't have one built in, so that's why you got the resistor there. Um, but yeah, the, um, the Stemma QT connector on the back of the OLED display makes it really easy to plug this into uh, something that either has another Stemma QT connector or just wiring it straight into the pins, which is what I had to do in the Feather, because we're using the Feather M4. It doesn't quite have a Stemma connector on it, but at least you can uh, connect a Stemma QT cable uh, into the port on the back of the OLED display, which is uh, right here. This is the OLED display. Um, it, here we have it photographed with the Circuit Playground. So any of the M0 or M4 uh, capable boards um, will, will, will work with this, um, which is pretty sweet. As long as it has like a 2 megabyte spy flash, <laughs> by the way, because the library is uh, you know, display I.O. Um, but yeah, here here it is. And where's the back of it? So the back of it, you can uh, you can kind of daisy chain uh, your Stemma QT board. So if you want to have a, stem, a sensor that had a Stemma QT, you can uh, daisy chain into the into the breakout here, which is really nice. And of course, you get the the breakout pins here, which which was nice for our project because we got that three volt and ground that we're using. So that's really cool. This has become like my favorite display right now. It's so small, it's so cute, and it's crispy and well lit contrast wise. All right, there's the MIDI Featherwing. Um, it's got a special octo, opto coupler that lets you do three volt on, all of, on any of the feathers. So that was a, a nice one there. And then apparently you have the option to uh, put some audio jacks here as well, um, which I was not aware that you could use uh, 3.5 millimeter jacks to do MIDI. Or you could you know, do these, uh, these uh, what are they? Pin DIN 5, I always get that confused. DIN 5 MIDI jack, that's what it is. Uh, these two guys here come with the board. They don't come with the uh, the audio, but if you want to pick those up, I think we sell them as well. Yeah, you can pick these up here if you want to do that. Let me know if anybody does that. What what kind of synths are you using that that uses this uh, 3.5 stereo headphone jack? Because uh, I guess you can run MIDI through that, which is pretty neat. All right, back over to the learn guide. 
So yeah, circuit diagram walks you through all the stuff. And they're ordered in the way where it kind of is. Um, I mean, the feather is more rotated that way, but as far as like the pots, they're where they need to be, and the slider is at the bottom there. So we're trying to keep the layout the same so folks uh, can reference it you know, to a T. And then, uh, of course, we have all the breakouts here, or all the text to show you what are the connections going to. For power, you can power it over the USB, micro USB, or the JC connector, and use one of any of the 3.7 volt batteries that Adafruit carries. You can use those. They plug right into uh, the feather. All right, onto the CAD parts. Um, boom, there's the CAD assembly. Um, all the models, it's a pretty heavy model. <laughs> the assembly file is like 30 megabytes because it has the doubler, the M feather, the, um, the MIDI feather wing, and all of those have SO2, 302s, they have tons of resistors. Like every chip is modeled. That's why it's 30 megabytes. <laughs> it's it's kind of overkill because there's so much detail. It's an overwhelming amount of detail. Uh, Inside, on the outside, it's just like four parts. <laughs> it's like five parts, whatever. So that's, that's cool. But check out the model. It's a, it's a good uh, assembly, I think. Uh, since it's all CNC milling, uh, I took advantage of using um, the manufacturing models inside of Fusion 360. Uh, so they have a way to uh, create a model that's uh, uh, kind of independent from the main assembly so that you can better uh, orient your model for machining. So in this case, I had to reorient all the parts so that they're flat, facing up the way you will do it on, the way you would mill it. You have to have it facing up. And uh, I, you know, I made sure to make it kind of simple 2D milling, not really 3D milling. I don't have to flip the part over too much. You just kind of cut it. It's, it's a pretty simple one. If you're new to milling, I think this is a good project to do uh, for, for milling. Um, yeah, but if folks have laser cutters, because I know you do, uh, I, I offered uh, all the all the parts are SVG files, so you can laser cut them. Um, for the side panels, what I'm thinking is you could laser cut three or two copies of the side panel and then stack them together to make the thickness of uh, of, a, of a one inch thick or half inch, whatever thick it is. It's 12 millimeters thick. Uh, the side panels, so you can create the acrylic. Uh, you can create the side panels with with acrylic if you wanted to, so totally. But uh, yeah, they're all sized appropriately uh, for millimeters. So you can uh, download the zip and each, each part has its own SVG file, which gives you the ability to lay it out however you like, however your, 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 uh, your laser cutter is, it could be a different size. You can orient however you want. Um, if you have some stock that has like a missing piece or something, then you can better orient how, uh, how your parts are gonna cut. And on top of that, we also have SVG files uh, for the decals, so the CircuitPython logo, I had to redraw it from scratch. Well, not from scratch, but I redrew it. I traced it out in Fusion so that Fusion paths would, would uh, work well for the engraving because they did engrave the CircuitPython logo. And uh, if you ever import SVGs into Fusion, boy, is it a nightmare. Don't recommend it. So I, I just did, I did this two years ago, actually, when I did the first uh, CircuitPython LED sign. I, I, I spent the time and, and drew the whole CircuitPython logo in Fusion because you kind of have to if you want to do a really nice clean toolpath. Um, so there you go. You got your tool, you got your nice clean toolpath. So I can I can I can uh, engrave this on anything I'd like now. It'd be nice to see it in wood. So here's the Fusion 360 link. If you click on that, it'll uh, let you play with the model in your browser for free. That's cool. And then there's a download link up here whether it's Fusion or Venture, Step File, DXF, uh, 
STL, whatever you want, it's, it's right there for the taking. And uh, like I said, it's a fairly big model, 30 megabytes, so it's pulling it down. It's trying to load all of those resistors and those SOT35 legs and all the pins on the, on the thing. But yeah, this is in the browser. And uh, there's some new models here that I had to make, like uh, the feather wing and, of course, the little slider there. The little slider. Look how Look how nice that looks. Look at all those caps there on the bottom of the stem display with that gorgeous uh, stem QT logo. Their rendering looks really great. I think they've updated this. Yeah, I was going to say. the For free uh, software, I don't know. It's kind of nice. I like the way the texture and the uh, the, the global illumination is on the know, uh, underside right? the global illumination, yeah. And the way it's got like uh, shadowing mm -hmm. that's like kind of consistent, gives it separation. I wish I could change the, the wood grain on that on those edges but I think you can I just haven't uh, seen it but anyway you get you get you get the you get the idea very fun and uh, it's all user uh, it's all driven with user parameters so if you want to change it make it bigger well you just flip a switch and you can do that cool and I also have uh, the fusion file and the step file as a zip right here so if you don't want to wait for fusion to email you a link you can just grab the zip there I thought about putting this like on Prusa printers, but uh, they say it's 3D printed, right? So I don't know about that. I should probably put it on Thingiverse, um, but Thingiverse, I don't know. Sometimes it's down. So Thingiverse about started off as you know CNC and 3D it did, printing. Didn't it? So yeah, you're right. Makes sense. That, that makes sense there. Yeah, they don't they don't discriminate against like <laughs> file yeah. formats. Got a quick question over yes. on the Discord from Rolovs, and he's asking, is there a way to get working with GarageBand on an iPad or iPhone? Absolutely. We're going to jump right into that, and uh, I'll show you how to do it. So yeah. All right, so those are the CAD parts. If any questions come up, we'll answer them as we go. But let's jump on over to uh, setting up your Feather M4 with CircuitPython. This page here walks you through uh, setting it up, getting the latest version of CircuitPython. It's a drag and drop file. You double tap reset button on the feather it goes into bootloader mode and you just download this youtube 2 file you drop it into the into the the drive it shows up as the feather boot that's the name of the drive you drop that file in and it it does magic and, and flashes itself into circuit python mode with the latest version so that's awesome really great way i love the uf2 bootloader it's the most <laughs> awesome thing uh, all right so then the circuit python libraries uh, you're going to want to install these manually onto your circuit pi drive that's what it becomes when you install CircuitPython. And uh, the libraries here just kind of walks you through the bundle. It's a zip file. It's got every library. You don't want to put every single library on your Feather because there's just not enough room. So you got to pick and choose the ones that actually work for this project. So um, this just gives you a really nice thorough walkthrough of the, of the libraries. But onto the coding part, this bullet list is the libraries that you want to pull out of that zip file and put it in your Feather um, M4. So you got the library for doing the display shapes, display text, image load for loading those bitmaps of Blinka, the Adafruit MIDI library, it's just Adafruit underscore MIDI, display IO, SSD 1306, that's like the driver for driving this OLED, so you need that as well. The NeoPixel library, you need that too. In this case, we're just turning off the onboard NeoPixel, and then simple IO, which will let you do some analog stuff. Here we is. So if you want to use um, MIDI, look at line number 14. Uncomment if you're using MIDI, USB MIDI. So you literally just uncomment that, and now you can do USB MIDI. How awesome is that? 
That's really all it is. <laughs> That's really cool. So if you if you kind of have to choose whether you want to do uh, the the MIDI uh, five pin thing or if you want to do USB MIDI, you have to kind of choose. You can't do both. Um, you could do both. You'd have to rewrite some stuff, but. Uh, it's nice that you can switch between them quite easily. And that's really kind of all you want to change there. Um, everything else has uh, comments. So if you want to change up the notes, just read for where the placement is for the notes. I think we got them right here, uh, the arrays of the notes in each key. So if you want to change those out, you can look at the, uh, the what is it, the MIDI note chart. There's plenty of those online. Just search for MIDI note chart, and then you can see oh, 60 is middle C and 64 is E or whatever. And uh, every number, every number here in this array uh, is, a, is a secret code for a note in MIDI. Uh, same thing for MIDI CC messages and stuff. But yeah, and you have arrays and you can rename your, uh, your, your keys if you want and create your own pattern if you want. So that's really neat. Yeah, and everything is commented, so it's real nice. It's long. And then uh, here's the bitmap for uh, Blinka. So if you want to create some different graphics, you can um, change up the bitmap to do whatever you want. So that's really neat. This is actually the same bitmap that Liz used in uh, her uh, uh, slithering uh, CircuitPython oh, game. Yeah. Like, it's just the same bitmap. It's mm -hmm. great that you can have a full-colored bitmap, and it translates well uh, over here onto the OLED monochrome thing. And here's a screenshot of what the drive looks like. So it's just a good uh, visual cue to see, like, is, do I have all the files? Uh, normally, if you're new to CircuitPython, you're like, why isn't this working? You're missing a file. <laughs> that's normally what's going on. Uh, and that's why we have these screenshots here to show you. All right, and then this walks you literally through the code. So if you really want to uh, know how to set up the OLED on a new project, or create text objects for the OLED, setting up a tile grid for your graphics, setting up MIDI, this walks you through it, setting up the pots, the node arrays, then modes, uh, the names of the keys, the states and default arrays, um, doing the beat division, how she did that, and then the main loop here. And then uh, it just goes on. <laughs> it's a nice long one. Oh, so massive project. Super, super uh, thorough, man. Yeah. Yes. Running it. All the, all, the, uh, all the modes. Running scale mode, random modes, and then stopping it. This is a really nice one, so when you stop it, yeah, when you let go, it actually sends a MIDI off release, note off release, uh, note off um, message. So, oh, so it's amazing. Just, yeah. Sweet. So that's the code. For the assembly, I walk you through just panel mounting stuff in the right order, at least the order that I like. Installing the OLED first, using these screws. There's a kind of a, a fun little thing here. Um, a little note, when I was doing the slider, I, I used a screw that was metal and it was too long, and it was bridging the ground and signal pin. Oh, no. So I was like, what's going on? So I like resoldered it and tried it again and kept doing it. And it ended up being the screw was too long. The screw was like shorting those connections. So just I threw, I threw that there as a red warning here. Just make sure if, you're, if your slider is weird, it's because the metal, you know, <laughs> the screw is metal and it's bridging the thing. Anyway, it was a fun time to debug that one. Uh, installing the pots pretty easy. They all come with uh, washers and hex nuts. Uh, the holes are sized with a little bit of extra diameter so that uh, you're not sitting there having to sand like I did in the beginning. And then, yeah, just panel mounting everything. So you want to panel mount everything first. And then the acrylic panel actually, actually acts as like a jig. It keeps everything together, right? And then you just flip it over and start soldering all your wires. So uh, I used ribbon silicone silicone ribbon cable because I like the way 
it's all bundled together and you just kind of peel it like a string cheese and it's really nice and flexible. It's so much better than the PVC, um, uh, the PVC uh, uh, wire because wire, uh, when you try to tin it, you, the PVC just shrivels up and melts and it has a terrible Odor. weak point when you're like moving things around. You definitely want to have, uh, yeah, you're moving things around, you don't want to, you don't want your wires to break, so that's why I suggest using the ribbon cable stuff. Uh, so I got all those things wired up, and then we're wiring it directly into the pins on the doubler feather wing. That way we can take out the feathers, right, and swap them out. Let's say we want to do Bluetooth or something, I could just swap out that M4 for NRI52, 840. Or let's say I want to do ESP32, S2, throw that in there. Let's say I want to do STM3, they all work, right? So really, really nice. You can use a feather sense too, and then you'll have like accelerometer, and you can use the accelerometer to to, uh, to control modulation or something. And then uh, because of the orientation of the feather, the way I have it with the feather wing doubler, um, I'm using a panel-mounted USB extension cable, and it's a little chunky, so I actually cut it shorter and used ribbon cable to uh, to splice it, so it's a little bit shorter cable. Um, but yeah, this one has uh, little tabs and screws that you can mount panel-mounted to. Uh, to the back acrylic panel, which is what I'm doing. And then for the final build, we just walk through uh, setting everything up. The, the doubler feather wing has uh, M25 standoffs. I have a kit here, a little, a little screw kit that has a bunch of standoffs. Uh, I was in the sidebar, but it's gonna, it's probably in featured products. Uh, so you can purchase that kit, which has a nice assortment of uh, screws, standoffs, and hex nuts. I'll post all the links in all of the chats, so you, you should be able to see all of the parts lists there. Sweet, thank you. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a uh, they get that's how that's secured to the bottom panel, and then we secure the USB cable to the acrylic panel in the back there, so we can have uh, power and data, and uh, that just plugs into the feather. So that's all that's going on there. Installing the sides, yeah, you just put the you just fit the the tabs into the into the slots on the sides, and then just press fit them together. That's kind of it. Yeah, final build, very very cool, very very fun as well. So that's kind of a really quick uh, overview of the learn guide. So take it, check it out if you want to build your own. Yeah. Yeah. Any questions? Nope, just the uh, iPhone hookup. And then just yeah, commentary no. on uh, just how amazing it is to directly program in uh, Circuit Python. Get yeah, this all for working. Sure. Yes. So uh, any demos for the iPad, I guess? Yeah, I don't have my iPad right now. Um, but how, here, here's, if you stick around for tonight's show and tell, maybe I'll do that. Mm. I'll have it controlling an iPad and I'll pull up the code and just show you I uncommented one thing and it's working. Or maybe I find something where it's like I had to add, I had to comment something out and then uncomment something. Maybe that's what it is. All right, but, awesome. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. I'll, I'll have this playing uh, on my iPad. That'll be neat. Um, we do have the, um, the lightning, is it USB-C? Or we have like an adapter for an adapter for an adapter, don't mm -hmm. we? We have a USB adapter that goes into lightning and then we need a lightning adapter to go into Actually, USB no, now the, the Pro is straight C, so. You just need the adapter to go to C a to micro, or micro USB, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
It'll be a fun one. We'll have like this giant daisy chain of. of uh, I've done that before. I know. <laughs> it's so funny. You have like the USB cable from like when the iPhone first started letting you do HDMI out or whatever. John Sanders is asking, would it be hard to do both USB and MIDI? Yeah, I'd have to ask Liz, um, or maybe Scott would know too, since he wrote the library. Um, yeah, it'd be cool to have it switch, huh? Yeah, it was, <laughs> was kind of like a last minute, like Lamar had just released the MIDI Featherwing. Right, he was like, yeah. can we make this work with that? And we're like, okay. So uh, yeah, that was the, that was the story there. It was just like to shoehorn this thing in. And then like I kind of was sweating because I was like, I don't have a MIDI instrument, <laughs> but I do, it's right there. I just, it was in storage and I hadn't played with it in a while. But it was fun to bring it out and like to reminisce on some older memories of playing with this uh, yeah, microcorg. You, you made a bunch of, uh, or a couple albums with that. Yeah, I think you're right. I did actually when I first got it back in like 2007. Uh, um, yeah. You got Steve Welch asking if there are any files available for a Euro rack panel version of the MIDI Melody Maker. Yeah, I don't have any uh, Euro racks, but uh, Liz does, and she's been working on a couple different things. Oh, maybe you should oh. be interested in designing, uh, re retrofitting it so it fits the, the Euro rack. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I keep thinking that's uh, uh, the shutter uh, lag from it. Um, yeah, that's our fan. Fetty saying that the ceiling fan yeah, reflections ceiling fan. on it. Yep. Yep. By the way, seeing the reflections, we got some special prototyping stuff there. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this week's into prototyping. All right. What are you prototyping? Do do do. What are you prototyping? All right, so this week uh, we have a matrix portal inside of this thing. So this is a prop that we got from Target last year and we didn't know what to do with it. But it was super neat. It's, uh, you, you turn it on and these, this lights up. So we figured, why not put the matrix display with the matrix portal on the back there? So I ripped this thing out and put a power boost. And uh, let's take a look at the, uh, the overhead. I'm gonna show you that you can actually, if you wanna do embedded projects and you wanna make your, your, your matrix portal, a battery-powered thing, so you're not using the USB-C, uh, you can use the Stemma connector right here and just use power and ground, and this is uh, going into the five volt pins on this uh, PowerBoost 1000C. So I can recharge this honkin' uh, 2200 milliamp battery. This is a 3D printed thing, I just stuck it in there. This is just like stuck in there too. And I tore out the, uh, the wiring and I, I reused the switch. And again, this is just a JC connector, so it's easy to disconnect this, plug it in, and give it power. Um, so that's really nice. There's also a Stemma connector here. If you want to add some sensors or something, maybe like a, a thermal imaging camera or something, and then your buttons are right there. But you can also break out um, the analog pins here if you want to do some more stuff. Um, so let's turn on. And turn on. And uh, <laughs> there you go. There's the party parrot. This is also code by Liz. Uh, she's working on the Party Parrot uh, project that you can tweet, and uh, the Party Parrot will uh, will party along when it gets tweets. But yeah, this is a uh, a piece of acrylic that came with this, and it uh, uses that mirror, so you can see through it. But it also has a reflective mirror, so you can 
see through it. It's kind of like, it's the same film that we used uh, to create our infinity coasters and our infinity cube. Um, same, same process, same material. Um, it's just built into this, uh, into this thing. And uh, there's some screws here in the back, so I 3D print and designed and 3D printed these brackets. I just measured up these holes with the calipers. And uh, I made these, these little brackets so it's nicely secured in, into the mounting holes that are already here in this thing. Um, and the switch is really nice, too. By the way, these are lit up. Can't can't see it, but there's a there's a little strip of LEDs here. So I put a resistor on there, and I want to burn it out. So so I put the resistor there, and now uh, again the power boost 1000C powers all the things. So that's really great. And then you can turn it off. If you turn it on, you can get a look at Blinka up there. And, and plug this in. You can use a REPL and use this as a real computer. So you can uh, do your hacking on on here. Yeah. There's also a, a speaker built into the back here, which I maybe will do. Maybe we'll do some speaker audio stuff. And there's already a, uh, what do you call it, a, a PIR sensor in the front, which is right here. So we can reuse all those components and uh, make it work. So here's the PIR sensor. So it's just a little photo transistor. And when you go over it, it kind of knows that you're there. And then we can trigger it and then trigger the sounds too. So that'd be really neat. We could even uh, up PWM these LEDs if we wanted to, so we can make it like pulse or something. You can do lots of fun stuff with it, but uh, yeah, very, very fun build. So that's one thing we're prototyping. Any questions on it? Nope. Unfortunately, that is not available anymore from Target. We looked, we wanted to offer the buy link, but they just stopped selling it. Yeah, I know we'll a couple folks bought one. I know we did. <laughs> so yeah, there will be a couple of variations in this project using different matrix sizes and different like theming for it, like maybe uh, one of those right. graveyard. Right. Tombs. I forgot to mention this is the 32 by 32. I guess you could fit the the bigger one, but remember this kind of sticks out yeah. a little bit on the side, and um, even with this much room here, there uh, if you put a USB C cable even with a right angle, it's like just it's just too much. So that's why I think. Powering it like this is really nice uh, for embedded projects, which is great because like we did that same technique on the pipe portal. This is the matrix portal, so it makes sense that they kind of both work the same way like that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Just a couple of commentary here from the MIDI melody maker. Uh, yeah, there we go. Is it on a it's just different ways that they're going to hook it up. Uh, Fetty 2 is saying he's going to plug his into the line. Six guitar, bass, vocal, multi-pad where you can control it via MIDI. Oh, that's so true. be an awesome little project for that. Yeah, for sure. Let's go ahead and move along to our latest board release. This is the awesome little teeny tiny cutie pie. That's right. Right here. And so teeny tiny, it's going to be like a replacement for the trinkets and the gemmas, I believe. And one of the uh, tweets that we saw earlier when it was just released was, how are we going to start mounting these onto 3D print parts since there's no mounting holes on it? So the solution for that is to just have some little walls on each side that sort of hug the cutie pie. You have mm -hmm. these little uh, recessed parts. So when we have the uh, SPI memory soldered on there, you still have that nice spacing on the bottom there. And we, of course, we made it Lego compatible, so you can use this with the wide assortment of all the Stemma uh, QT boards that we have. So this is just a nice little 3D printed part for that. And let me pop this guy out of there so you can see how that is all set up. So we got these nice little um, 
little risers, mm -hmm. like I was saying before, for the memory that can be soldered onto the back. So they're compatible with both. Yeah, and you great. have the, um, the Stemma QT connection, a little cutout there, and the USB-C cutout on there. Yeah. And just looking at the board, you can see just how chunky the USB-C is compared to the rest of the board and the right. chip and all everything else on there. The itty bitty little you know, pixel right there. So compact. Yeah. So uh, I think Katni is finishing up the learn guide on this guy. So there'll be uh, the board defs and all the code to maybe light up some NeoPixels. Definitely want to try using the itty bitty little NeoPixel strips that we have in the oh shop. Oh that'd be great. So very awesome little uh, case and way to mount these since they're so teeny tiny and with the castellated little pads here, yeah. uh, there's no mounting holes. So that is one really good way to hold on to uh, boards that don't have any mounting holes just have edges. walls for the edges to attach to so uh, I don't know we might do edges. a project with uh, just you know a quick little project on showing how to model the case with that and then probably how to solder up with some NeoPixels it would be a nice little simple project we can do for yeah. next week and just as a kind of way to promote and advertise hey we got a cutie pie check it out yes yeah. it's a great way to make the most smallest project mm -hmm. with a lot of Microcontrolled power. Yeah, you have a little demo here set up with the I cutie do. pie using the oh, I forgot the uh, the LIS 3D H here. Yeah, the Just LIS 3D H is some. great. Yeah, so let me get that going here. Got the Moo editor. I'm gonna switch here to uh, to our shot and then just stick here. So yeah, so right now we have the LIS 3D H has been updated with a Stemma QT connector on both sides, so you can daisy chain it. And uh, this is no solder at all. I just plug this in here, plug this into the back there. And uh, this is some demo code that is a part of the of the library and the learn guide for the LIS3DH. We really like this uh, this accelerometer as we've used it in things like our lightsaber builds. It's uh, built into so many boards as well, like the Pi Gamer, uh, the oh gosh, uh, <laughs> uh, the come on, <laughs> the, the prop maker Featherwing, the the boards that have the LIS3DH. Oh, there's on so it. many. There's so many. Um, yeah. I believe the um, the talking D20. Right. I'm just saying like hardware. Like, what, does the Pi Gamer have it? I think the Pi Gamer, Pi Badge. Um, the, obviously, the, like I said, the, the Prop Maker Featherwing has it. Um, so yeah, I'm just, uh, I have the, the serial monitor and the plotter uh, showing up here in Moo. It's built in to it. And uh, we just have really good library support um, for this, so. Let's see, spike it. You see how it changes automatically when you spike the, you shake it to do a little bit more acceleration. But yeah, this is on a base plate, a little Lego base plate. Um, so we wanted to make something uh, be neat. But real quick note, uh, this is uh, the default Cutie Pie without no memory. So it's it's impressive to be able to uh, get the library running here <laughs> with like I don't know how many K. Do you have? Okay, left. You have like 10k <laughs> of, uh, of of data. So you definitely want to get that uh, spy chip. If you want to do some more uh, stuff. So if if you wanted to put a, a monitor a display, um, it just doesn't fit. So you need to you need to get some memory there. So I'm waiting for those to get in stock. Or you could watch Lady Ada's stream that happened on Sunday, and she shows you how to search for uh, a, a two megabyte or eight megabyte uh, spy flash chip. So you can uh, you can solder it on the back here. But a little rumor, I think we're going to sell these with the memory. Am I allowed to say that? Probably not. 
<laughs> I mean, if anybody searched through the GitHub, you can see. Right, not just GitHub, but like, uh, you just go to circuitpython.org slash downloads, and then uh, I'll give you an idea here, slash downloads. Type in QT, and what's this? A Cutie Pie Hack Express? What's that about? <laughs> so there you go. I don't know when that's going to be released, but. We're just showing We're some just showing. really nice pages to bookmark in case you uh, uh -huh. want to be on uh, the cutting edge of what's coming out. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if that was a focus or not, but yeah. This is also Pedro's Stemma, um, what do you call it, Pedro? Stemma Lego mount. Lego connector, yeah. Yeah, so we have Lego connectors for all the uh, Stemma boards that have this, um, what is this, the point nine or something? That is the, I think it's point seven. Point nine, point seven, whatever. Pedro no, made, point nine, point nine. Pedro made a thing for every one of the Stemma boards, and this, this one just happened to work. And now uh, it's got those studs in the back there, or the tubes in the back there that, that snap into the studs. But yeah, that's it. I put this together like pretty quick, guys. I didn't have much time to like create a project yet. But uh, yeah. No nice. hardware here either, just snap fits everything. Mm -hmm. This can come out too if you want. Yeah, so the other thing getting nice and miniature, it's definitely going to be the way to uh, set up a little breadboard layout for testing all your code and boards out. Yeah, I really like not having to solder stuff. I really wish uh, NeoPixels were like I2C, man. That'd be great. All right, so that was fun. We got that. We got party parrots. We got uh, midis. Midi party parrot. I think we're ready for... Um, this week's community makes. Community makes. Here it is, every week on Tuesdays, we make a time lapse of something 3D printing from the community. This week it's the Dr. Doom's helmet, or is it a mask? It's probably a mask. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a really cool print that I saw posted in one of the 3D printing groups, and since we're, we've been in Halloween mode for the past month now, and it's just now getting into October, I thought we would take a look at a bunch of really cool masks that have been made by the community. Since it's a little, little difficult to go over to the Halloween shops now with the pandemic going on, if you have a nice big printer, even a small one like this is, it's chopped up into two pieces, you can definitely print this out, make a nice little mask here, it takes about 19 hours, so a uh, nice overnight print you want to uh, get going. We're using the little elastic attachers that we have in the shop for like making um, what was it, the face shields is what we use these on. Mm -hmm. And then the little end clips here. So if you jump over to the overhead, you can see yeah, sure. nice little detail on this pretty cool mask. So I did glue the two halves together. You can kind of see the edge on there and you can do a lot of weathering like you can see in the post for this. Uh, you want jump to over to the... Yeah, sure. Let's go to the Thingiverse page. This is where we found it. This is a really cool one by four mule eight. And he's done a couple of really good uh, masks if you check out his designs there. This is a really cool Very way nice weather. to weather, which looks like it was painted and then uh, sort of uh, with a... Oh, uh, it's printed at a different... Orientation, yeah. Was it printed already? It looks yeah. like he, yeah, it's it printed like in four grain. different That's pieces. Awesome. <laughs> and what's cool, he does offer all of those separated pieces. So if you have a smaller bed, print, uh, bed size, you can uh, print these out uh, each quarter and get that very nice uh, vertical uh, steel look for mm. these. You can see what those look oh, like all separated there. It's actually in four, so you can fit that on even smaller things. Exactly. But, look, he offers the full one and the pieces as well. Yeah, I grabbed the uh, two halves there. Two halves. 
just so we could avoid using any supports on these, which is always a uh, Did you have to, like, to reduce the polygon count or anything? No. This so was uh, nicely optimized. Uh, optimized for printing. wasn't too heavy. And this was actually designed a couple of years ago, 2015. You yeah. can see the publishing date for this. Uh, one of the things that I was bummed about that I couldn't add for the hero shot at the end of the time lapse there was the hood part, since that definitely completes the look for Doctor Doom. Sure. Yeah. And uh, tell us about the filament. This is a uh, yeah. So this is the same filament I've been using for the past I don't know a couple months now. It's the black silk filament from uh, Yusan, I believe. Yusan. Yeah, I'll post a link to it there. But uh, yeah, this does a really good job of ha handling like the shininess of the look on this. What's the layer height? Is it all standard? Two? Yeah, point two. Uh, no, no supports. No supports. Infill, so the I eyes are all. Shows, yeah, you can see all of the, the overhangs ugly. for the eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the ugly. I want to see the ugliness. <laughs> you don't see it when it's uh, at right. the proper port, uh, angle, but yeah, right underneath there you can see. Yeah, for folks and in the video. Your prints to look so great. It was like, well, you just show the nice side. Yeah. <laughs> and as you see on the uh, time lapse, uh, one of the pieces did fall off of the mouth there. Right. Uh, probably. Uh, was it tough to line it up and glue it? No, I mean... What did you use to hold it in place? Just the this is the, yeah, the panavice just hold everything together so it aligns up. Uh, you could add like divots or something to make sure that they align properly. Mm -hmm. uh, but you I just eyeballed it. Yeah. yeah, I'm just eyeballing all these. And then like I was saying before, the uh, elastic mm -hmm. uh, bands that we sell in the shop are yeah, just hooked really up to them. Nice. Yeah. Let's see the inside of it. Yeah, it's just kind of your Nice standard. and smooth on the yeah. inside. You did some nice cutaways here for the, uh, I don't know what these things are, the jaw, um, like springs detail that they have on there. And yeah. it feels nice and comfortable. Um, the only thing needed, like I was saying before, was nice the, and comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice and smooth. The uh, filament, uh, the shininess, whatever yeah. oils that are added onto there, definitely makes it feel yeah. nice and uh, nice it's and smooth. It's just got a really nice metallic look. It really does um, look like you spray painted it. And yeah, it's nothing it. fancy. It's just the, um, the additives that are added to the yeah. PLA. I think sanding this would make it look terrible. Maybe. Because of just yeah. the nature of the mm -hmm. finishing. I haven't tried sanding this filament yet, but uh, yeah. I'd be interested to what the, the results on it are. It reminds me of PLA, PHA, which has like this softer feel to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, instead of cracking right away, it like bends. It, it so. feels like, uh, you know the material in bottles, the plastic in bottles, like H HDPE? It mm, feels like yeah, that, yeah. like it's soft. Mm -hmm. Like the uh, body of the uh, yeah. other mill. Like it's less brittle maybe, I don't know. Yeah. All right, well sweet, that is on Thingiverse and we have a link to the, uh, to the Thingiverse page there if you want to download that. Yes. Cool. Uh, that's this week's Community Makes. Um, last week we had a bunch of uh, projects that were posted to the Community Makes, so check that out last week if you want to see some fun ones. Yeah, there's always a lot of downloads going on on our page. I think we just reached over 400 designs on our Thingiverse really? profile, so you guys want to check those out. That's a nice segue to, to next week's 300th episode of 3 Hangouts. 385? Yeah, we're almost at 400. 385. Oh, I saw 400 because when I was logged in, I think there's a couple of them that weren't published yet. Oh, okay. And then over on the... The Learn Guide? Learn Guides, I think it's like almost at 300 as well. Yeah, here's our name. We're at... Uh, 
294. No, this episode is uh, 299, because there's some weeks where, you know... Yeah, we, hurricane we happens, or... or... Hurricane. <laughs> or a pandemic. Or a Circuit Python day. It happens. Cool, so check cool. those out if you want to have any inspiration. Uh, look for any inspiration, you can search those. We've probably done the project five different ways. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, I think that's going to do it for the show. I believe so. we got okay. eight minutes left. Thank you all for joining. Don't yeah. forget to stick around later today. We've yeah, got a bunch of shows. shows. Yeah, so the lineup of shows starts with Lamar, really. Lady Ada, from the desk of Lady Ada, every Sunday around 9-ish o'clock. That's really great. And last week's, or this week's rather, was a nice one on how to search for, um, well, what she's working on. She's working on really nice e-ink stuff. So mm -hmm. check that out. Um, and then uh, how to search on DigiKey uh, to find a good spy flash memory what to look for, how to get to the right search, and um, yeah, check it out. On Tuesdays, we got JP's uh, product pick of the week. Check out what he picked this week. It happens every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. On Wednesdays, we do the show at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We used to do it on a Thursday, but now we do it on a Wednesday. It's been a few years now. <laughs> Later tonight, we have show and tell. We invite you to come on, share your progress, share your projects, retro tech, it's all fine. Um, just hang out in the Discord chat room and we'll throw in this, the link to the StreamYard a live stream once it happens. Sometime around uh, 720, 725, be a little bit early so that uh, folks can get their mic and camera set up. So again, check it out every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then right after that, at uh, 8 p.m. is Lamar and Phil, Ask an Engineer. So check it out. New products, um, top secret. Python on hardware, top secret stuff. And, uh, of course, you can ask an engineer questions at the end of the show. John Park comes back on Thursdays at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Let's check it out. He's doing some live building, make code minutes. Um, you can chat as well and uh, do some live building with him. And then, this is a brand new one. I finally made one. Scott's Deep Dive. Deep Dive with Scott's every Friday at 2 p.m. Yes. Pacific Time. Well, super fun. You can take a look at uh, all of the things that Scott's working on, all of the in the weeds, all of the uh, suggestions also right there on Discord Fan in the live broadcast chat where you can <laughs> hang out. Fantastic photo from uh, a Scott with Blinka there. Mm -hmm. That's so perfect for the right? banner. <laughs> uh, Scott, if you're watching, um, let me know if you want this. I should probably... I made it like right before the show, so I hope you like it. <laughs> That's it from us. Um, we want to say thank you, everybody, in the Discord chat for hanging out with us in the morning. Uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in live. It's fun. And uh, keep us on our toes. Yay. So uh, I hope everybody, uh, well luck on their uh, maker projects and future endeavors. I hope everybody stays safe out there, stays positive. It's up to you to make, make a great, a great day. day. See you later tonight, folks. Bye, folks. <laughs>